We are going to continue our journey into what it really means to be recreated in the image of God. And over these next weeks, we're going to be looking at what God's vision is, what his true vision is for every born-again believer. How are you going to walk in the recreated life? Galatians 5.25 says, if you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. I'm declaring over every person here that this is a shifting, a new time, a new stage in your life. And you are going to walk in the Spirit the way God has designed you. I'm here to help you learn, but it is you. It is your responsibility. We are going to come to a place And don't tell me I'm thinking too big because it is not too big for God. We are going to come to a place in the end times and you are going to walk by someone and they are going to be healed. My gospel says no lack in Christ. That's what my gospel says. And if your life is not matching up with it, don't blame God. This is us getting a hold of the spirit life and understanding that we are destined, designed, and we are to be God visionaries in this earth, bringing his perfect and complete and holy will to this land. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Absolutely. The fullness of Christ. You were not created. The scripture doesn't say that you were created in the image of God to look like something else. You are the fire of the earth. You are the sweet presence of God. You are the sweet aroma of Christ. And yes, we're coming into this beautiful season of Christmas. But it isn't a season. It is a life. It is a way we live. It is who we are. Every day of every year, every moment that you have breath, let us praise him. Let us praise him. Honestly, let us praise him. Let us praise him. Let us praise him. Every moment that you have breath in you, praise your holy father. You can be sitting in your seats. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. Raising up a broken 
for the way of the Lord. Prepare. I want everyone to prepare their hearts right now. I, I, want, I'm, I want you to take the limits off. Whatever you have to do to do that. I don't know what that looks like in your life. But I want you to take the limits off of your carnal thinking. We are here to soar into the heavenlies. God sees us here seated in heavenly realms with him even as we are walking this planet. This is not something for later. You are seated, seated because he's done all the work. You are seated in heavenly realms with him at this very moment. At this very moment. Not something you're waiting for. It is your position in Christ because you are believers in Christ. Hallelujah. So this week, the Lord put on my heart to talk about, to learn, to explore, to move up into, to move up into a rise church. To move up into the fact, the truth that you are created to be like God. That's his vision of you. You are created to be like God. We're designed. We are spirit beings first and foremost. We are designed to live out of our spirits, our recreated spirits. The moment you are born again, your spirit is recreated in the nature and the image of God. And that's the place from which you are to be living. Regardless of what goes on around you, what goes on around you on this earth, that is the soulish realm. You are here to dominate the soulish realm through Jesus Christ. You are not here to be frustrated by it. You are not here to be hindered by it. The devil is a hinderer. The devil is the oppressor. But last time I read this book, I understand that Jesus Christ overcame all of it. So we're going to go to Ephesians 4.24. It tells us in Ephesians 4.24 to put on the new self. That's your God-created nature. That's your renewed nature. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's his vision of you created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's who you are in his eyes through the blood of Christ. That's the complete package. That's everything. That's everything about God's nature. That's his limitless nature dwelling in us. And we are designed to walk in it. If we are created to be like God in true righteousness and true holiness, we need to get a vision of how he really sees us. We need to get a vision of what his word says about how he sees us. So we're going to be doing that. Vision's important. Vision is very important. If you have the wrong vision, if you have the wrong, you know, the plumb line, the plumb line, that's, your, that's where, that's where you're, you're going toward. The horizon. That's how you set your compass, right? 
You have a destination. You have a point on the horizon, and you set your compass to get there. So if you've got the wrong horizon, if you have the wrong vision, are you going to get there? No, not short of somebody coming and yanking you back to true north. Right? Thank God for people in our lives that will yank us back to true north. You may hate them for a little while, but you'll love them in the end. So just be thankful for them. <laughs> but anyway, where we set our compass, the, the horizon, the vision that we see, that's where, that's where, that's where we're going. That's how we're going to make decisions about how we act and the choices we make and the things we say and the things we do. And in order to get God's vision fully in our lives, we have to want his will. We have to put aside our will. We have to want his will. We want to get our will in line with his will. Ephesians 3.17. Okay, we're going <coughs> to, today, we're, you know, this will probably take us months. You know, we started a long time ago and we, we talked about how eventually we were going to get to the recreated life. Well, this is the direction the Lord's taking. So this will probably take a while. Probably take months. But today, what we are doing is we are going to establish in our hearts what his vision for us really is. Why did he send Jesus? Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Oh, by the way, you know, I'm talking about vision. So, so tell me, what, what does the scripture say about vision? Yeah, that's true. See, it's, and that's in Proverbs 29, 18. King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And it says in Hosea, it says, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You need to know God's vision. When you don't know God's vision, that's how destruction comes, right? And we don't want that. We're not going to be like that, right? We are going to be visionaries of God here on this earth. You say that. You say that. I am a visionary of God here on this earth. You're not going to get there if you don't believe it. But that's who he made you to be. Anyway, back to Ephesians 3.17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, that's why we, we talk so much about the love of God. None of us can get there without knowing how much God loves us. You must know how much God loves you. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of God, is the love of Christ, sorry, and to know his love, to be intimate with it, to know it, to comprehend it, not just to hear about it, to, to own it in your life. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that's head knowledge, that's just like knowing about something, that you may be filled, filled, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can we soak that in for a minute? What is he saying to you? That you, through your recreated spirit, can be filled, filled to all the fullness of God. All of it. All of it. In every aspect of your life. Wow, 
you know, I really feel like Patty's supposed to be down here, and, and I really feel like Evelyn's supposed to be down here. I really do. I really do. I'm sorry. I heard that earlier in my spirit, and I should have listened. I don't feel like anybody's supposed to be out of this sanctuary this morning. Y'all can fill her in on what we already talked about. You can fill them in. Hallelujah. Anyway, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's a big, big, unlimited, unconditional package. We must know God's love for us in order for this to happen. We have to know that. In order to walk in the fullness of his heart for us, we have to know his love for us. To truly know the desires of his heart for us. And you know, because, because of his love for us, because of, I am so hot. And I know I've been told to leave my cardigan on, so I'm going to be really good about it. But I am sweating. Woo. Because of God's love for us, He has given our spirits unlimited capacity to know Him and to grow in Him. You have unlimited capacity to know him and to grow in him. You have unlimited capacity to grow, to, to walk in the spirit realm. And this is important for people to know from when they're, before they're born, you should be telling your babies this. Every child from this, from, from the moment they're born, First of all, you should be confessing this over them before they're born, but from the moment they're born, they need to be told that they are visionaries for God, that their spirit is bigger than the reality that they're walking in here on this earth because you will give them hope that way. So we're going to, in the, in the weeks to come, we're going to you know, probably talk more about the love of God, and we're going to get to talk about what it really is means to know the love of God, but we're not going to do that today. So just, you know, just kind of keep that in your hat there. Keep that in your heart. Because when we know his love, it truly enables us to be in his presence, to walk in his presence, to receive the fullness of his presence. We know him and we become filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, our Father. Hallelujah. So, that's his vision. That's the Spirit of God in us. The reality, the reality, the reality is that you are a spirit being. The reality is that you are a spirit being put here to change history. To say no to the devil, to say it's not going to be your way. You are a defeated foe, you've already fallen. And the church is rising into complete fullness in Christ. So we're going to go through other scriptures that, that, that emphasize this vision, okay? Ephesians 4. Before I get to 4.13, I'm just going to paraphrase 4.12. Because that's where it says that God has given us apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and pastors to prepare us for works for his service, for his service, so that we are built. You are being built. I am being built. Okay? And then in 13, it says, okay, so 12 says we're being built up. That's why it's important for you to come and be in the assembly of teachers and pastors 
that are word teachers and pastors, that you are built up until, this is verse 13 in Ephesians 4, until we all reach, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Was Christ ever defeated? Did he ever suffer sickness? Lack? No! How do you want to walk? All good answers. We want to walk in his fullness. And it is not a pie-in-the-sky idea. Here and now. Here and now. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to walk in the whole measure of the spirit realm. He was a man functioning here by his spirit, by the spirit of God. If you're a believer, the spirit of God is in you. Jesus never met defeat. We are here to enforce the heavenly realm in this carnal world. We are here to enforce the heavenly realm in this carnal world. To bring heaven and earth into unity. To bring, did you hear me? Did you hear me? To bring heaven and earth into unity. Okay, when heaven and earth come into unity, what's happening? Is heaven giving way to earth? I don't think so. No. Earth gives way to the spirit realm. Earth gives way to the heavenly realm. Earth gives way to the purpose and plan of God. Earth gives way. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ, in Christ, let's remember who our head is, all the fullness of the deity lives. All the fullness of God in Christ. What does that make you when Christ is in you? It's simple algebra. A equals B, B equals C, A equals C. Very simple. All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, bodily form, so don't, ex don't make excuses for the fact that you live in a fallen world in a body. And you have been given, been given, been given fullness in Christ. Every single born-again believer has fullness in Christ. That's you, Evelyn. You are the fullness of God in Christ because you love Jesus. You are a power-packed individual. You are designed to walk in the heavenlies here on earth. When something comes against you, you are designed to say, uh-uh, not on my ground. And that goes for every single believer in here. No, sir, no, ma'am, no devil, not on my time, not on my ground, not in my life, not in my kid's life.
Was I on like Colossians or something? Thank you. <laughs> and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. He's your head. He's your head. You're his body. You're in him. None of this works without him. None of it. Then you're just flailing around here trying to do it your own way, the way you think is best, and you will suffer every time. You think you know better than God and God's timetable and God's plan and God's desire. See, we trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. We trust in him. We say, not my way. Your way, God. Your way. Your way. Your will. Your good pleasure. You have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. So the fullness of the deity then lives in you, in your spirit being. Ephesians 1, verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Okay? Okay? So we are meant to be believers. We are, we are meant to be. He wishes that none would perish. We are meant to understand the full intents and purposes through Christ. And the full package of redemption of Christ. Our salvation through Christ. We're meant to understand that. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring... All things in heaven and on earth together under one head. Everything together under one head. No separation, no division, no difference. You get that? Earth gives way to the heavenly realm, like we were saying a moment ago. We know that earth does not supersede the heavenly realm. Truth, what does the word truth mean? Okay, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I just expected all y'all would pop out the right answer. I gave you the definition. <laughs> it means reality. It means reality. Truth. There is only one truth. There is an absolute truth. It is the word of God. If you want to veer from the word of God, then you're, you're getting into some mucky waters. Mucky mud. Don't want to be there. As a matter of fact, Let us go to John. Fourteen. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, I'm in verse 25, will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Everything. Everything about Jesus. Everything you need to know. You have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, living in you, who teaches you all things that you need to know. And then go over here, you go over here to 16, 13, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. That is the reality of the spirit realm. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. That's, that's from the Lord. He always testifies of Christ. And he will tell you what is yet to come. You think you can't hear ahead of time and get a warning? It says right here, he's going to tell you what's to come. All y'all should be expecting to hear at all times things that are coming. so that you can push them back in the spirit if they're bad and believe on them if they're good, when they're good, right? 
Anyway, that was a, a, a bit of a diversion. But anyway, I was talking about to bring all things in heaven and on earth together. See, because we're going to have the wisdom to walk in the Spirit. The Spirit is going to accomplish this in our lives when we live in the Spirit realm, when we get our head out of the carnal, when we realize that we are in this world but not of it. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. His will. Last time I looked, Christ was a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is more than a conqueror. Salvation to all people. He brings all things. He brings all things in heaven and on earth together. He came to do it. He came, he tore the veil, he gave us access. He placed us as believers under an open heaven. Complete unity, his will on earth as it is in heaven. That is not just this little phrase that we repeat out of some little cute prayer. It's a big prayer. It's a big reality. And it's not some little platitude that we should just be rehearsing and letting it go through our minds without thinking about what it really means. It means his will here on earth for me, for you, for every person in here, every believer, every child of God, every believer on Christ. We are one with Christ. Christ is one with the Father. What does that make us? One with the Father. All the blessings of heaven. All the reality of heaven. Are you thinking big today, beloved? Come on, are you thinking big with me today, beloved? Doesn't, doesn't your spirit just like grab after this? Doesn't your spirit just want to soar into the reality of what this really means? All the reality of heaven brought to bear here in this earth by Christ believers. Big, big picture. Big, big purpose. You've got a big, big purpose. God has a big, big plan for you. We're going to talk about how we get there in the coming weeks, I guess, if the Lord reveals that to me. Maybe he'll reveal it to you first. Ephes <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, Christ is your head. The key to this is staying in Christ. Staying in Christ. Dwelling in his presence. Like we talked last, year, last week. The fear of the Lord is the key. The fear of the Lord is your key. Head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness. You get it? Get that vision? Again, in another verse. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. No lack. No lack there. He fills everything in every way. His fullness. We're just going to like get to all these fullness scriptures today, hopefully. Christ the head, for those who believe, all things under Christ's feet become subject to the believer. If it's under Christ's feet, believe it or not, and yes, please believe it, it's under your feet. That's your position. Whether you choose to walk in it is totally up to you. But positionally, because of the blood, 
You are seated at the right hand of Father in heaven and the realms, all things under your feet that are under Christ's feet. That's your position. But we have to spend time with him to know. We have to spend time to understand his love. We have to spend time to get the, you know, stinking thinking out of the way, like how we, are, how we can constantly disqualify ourselves. Right? That's an easy thing to do, to disqualify yourself and then blame God. That's not his will. It is his will that you walk knowing that you are his beloved. That his love placed you here. I'm not talking about on this earth. I'm talking about in this position. That his love placed you there. We are his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The only lack, only lack that can ever be experienced is in the soulless realm. There's no lack in the spiritual realm. In God's spiritual realm. I mean, there are evil spirits, okay? They lack a whole lot. But in God's heavenly realm, what he has what he has placed in us as believers in Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in the believer, there is no lack. That the only lack you ever experience is in the soulish realm. So if there's a lack, you've got to find out what's going on in the soulish realm. Everything happens. Everything happens first spiritually. So if it's manifesting in the soul, okay, you have God, you have the beautiful spirit of God, then you have the devil, the ugly spirit of the devil. God good, devil bad. So if you got bad things going on, you got to find out how that's being influenced in the soulish, in the soulish, and then you bring the spirit of God to bear on that situation. You read the word, you pray in the spirit, you, you confess the word, you say, this is the way it's going to be, devil. You see, with, him, with, with, with the spirit of God in us, there's no lack. There's only love, there's only purity, there's only goodness, there's only the glory of God. So, so when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're walking in the Spirit, all that darkness has to fly. It has to leave. It can't exist in the presence of the light of God in our lives. Can't do it. So we are seated with Christ. We are in heavenly realms with him. That's how he's created us to be. That he's created us to be sitting there with Jesus. All of heaven at our disposal. All of heaven. An open door. The veil has been torn. All of heaven at your disposal. Key in. Key in. You know, angels. Angels are spirits. That are, what, is it, what does the scripture actually say about angels? It says they are spirits ministering for the believers. What do they respond to? They respond to the word of God. So go ahead, preach the word and send them forth in your life. So you're not, you're not... In reality, this is, this is the picture we need to get. We're not walking in the carnal. We're walking in the spirit. Go ahead, take your place. You are walking in the spirit. Your reality is the spirit of God. Your reality is a spirit-driven life. That is your reality. That is your truth when you are in Christ. Your reality is that you are blessed in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing of Christ. So when things start to not look right here, 
you just close that out. You, cl- you close your eyes. You close the door to that. And you say, I am enforcing my God-given right here. Am I getting through today? You see, God sees us. God sees us walking in the heavenlies with him because of the blood. He sees you walking in the heavenlies. Can you get a picture of that? No, I'm like totally serious. Can you all close your eyes? Close your eyes and get a vision of walking in the heavenlies with your Father. See, you are totally accepted in the Beloved. He's not telling you right now everything you've ever done wrong. You are accepted in the Beloved. Ephesians 1.3 We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You take it to Jesus. You allow it to be covered by the blood. You are holy. At that point, you are holy. You are blameless in his sight. And that is your position. It is a secure, secure position. Only you can wreck it. And I don't mean wreck it like permanently. But I mean only you can step out of that position. You know, we studied that last week. Second Peter. So can you go to Second Peter 3.17? It says, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Do you understand how God sees you in the blood with a secure position? Only we can change that by what we choose to believe or where we choose to act in, or, or, or just choose to walk out of his will. In other words, not according to the word. But we have a secure position in him. We have a secure position in his presence. All we have to do is just basically walk with crucified hearts, right? That's all we have to do. Say, okay, I, I'm putting my heart before you, God. I'm trusting you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to the best, as you help me, as you help me, I'm going to crucify my heart and I'm just going to do it your way. Regardless, regardless of what it feels like at the time, regardless of, of, of what I might have to sacrifice, because ultimately when you do that, you are not sacrificing anything. You are exchanging this filth for the glory of God. For he himself is our peace. This is uh, going on to verse 14. For he himself is our peace, in, in back in Ephesians 2. Who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. You see, okay, I know what that's talking about. Of course, you know, that he was specifically referencing the Jews and the Gentiles. He was specifically referencing the circumcised and the uncircumcised. I'm not talking about that right now. What I'm talking about is because of that, the barrier, if the barrier between them was destroyed, the barrier with our Lord, it has been destroyed. He has destroyed the barrier of hostility when we come to Christ. No longer a barrier. None. None. Complete entrance into the throne room of God. The barrier of hostility gone. The dividing wall. And all we have to do, you know, all you got to do, you just see Jesus and him crucified and what that accomplished. And you say, yep, that's mine. That is mine. 
he has brought us all as believers into God through Christ. That's where we're, we've been brought. The blood destroying all divisions, all barriers, and all hostility. Ephesians 3.12. In him, that's Christ, and through faith in him, not us, not our own works, this is faith in Christ. You're going to mess it up every time when you try to do it in your own way, in your own will, in your own processes. And his processes don't always look like ours, so just get that straight. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, we don't define God by logic. We enter God's presence through faith. So if his word says it, I'm just going to believe it and do it, and it's mine, and he settles it. I don't have to even think about it at that point. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Freedom and confidence. You have freedom and confidence before your Lord, before your Father. Ephesians 3.12, that was 3.12. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things, in all things, every area of life, in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. You are growing up into Christ, the fullness of Christ, the likeness of Christ. That is God's plan. That is God's blueprint for you. Did you ever build a house? Well, you started with a blueprint, right? Is that what it's called, blueprint? Well, our blueprint is how God sees us. If your blueprint, like I said before, the place you're aiming, the, 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 the direction that you're setting your compass, if it's not on true north, an accurate vision of what God has for you, then stop. Make some adjustments. This is the only blueprint worth going after. You won't find anything bad for you in this book. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. His blueprint takes us into the completeness of Christ. All the fullness of the deity. He takes us from glory to glory as we know him, as we understand his love for us, as we bask in his presence as we choose the crucified life as we cast down our own idols that's your job we each have that job in our lives and I'm going to step way out there guys I will almost guarantee that if something isn't working in your life, you've set up an idol. If something's not working in my life, according to God's vision, I've set up an idol. What's an idol? It's not trusting God. It's saying, yeah, but I kind of want it now. I kind of want it really right now. I want it right now. I want what I want. I don't want to wait for your plan. Your plans aren't true. Your word's too good. There's nothing like that out there, God. Wrong! If it's here, it's yours. Are you going to wait? Are you going to do it his way? Are you going to trust him? Are you going to demand on it right now on your timetable the way you want, the way you think with your stinking limited thinking? 
and end yourself up in some mess. And I'm going to tell you something. The fruition of it will not come until you cast the idol down. And those idols can be anywhere. They can be in your time. They can be your job. They can be your pride. How you want to be seen. They can be in relationships. You think you have something better planned for you than God? That'll end up a mess every time. All of it will. Whether it's your time, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your job, whether it's your pride, whether it's how you want people to see you. If it is not working, check for an idol. Check where you have elevated something above God's plan for you. His plan is beautiful. His plan is perfect. His plan will bring you more joy, more happiness, more peace, more rest. But it's our job to cast down those idols. Alcohol, drugs, they're idols. Probably stepping on some toes today. Stepping on my own, so I don't feel sorry for you. I take my own medicine. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, I'm forgiven. So, I can face God. I can lay it down. And you can too. And he'll help you do it. In our weakness, he is made strong. So if, we, if, you're, if, you, if anyone has a place where you're going from disappointment to disappointment to disappointment, it's really because you're not trusting God. Because he will not disappoint he will never disappoint when we do his things his way. I don't want to exalt anything above him and his plan. Where was I? Something about idols. Okay. So what we were talking about, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will all, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. So you see, we have to choose to believe that. We have to choose to believe in the limitless life of God. We have to choose to believe in the beauty of God. We have to choose to believe in the splendor of God. We have to choose to believe in the wholeness of God in our lives. No lack, nothing missing, nothing broken. We have to choose the vision of God. We have to choose the fullness that is given to us through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. That's how you accomplish it. Pray in the Spirit. Read the Word. Paul said he wished they prayed, right? But he prayed in the Spirit more than y'all. Probably good advice. Desire the will of God. Get on your face. Come to Jesus. Choose to be his servant. Choose to glorify him. <clears throat> well, we'll probably talk about all that in the coming weeks. I don't know. But realize that he has a good, good life. Realize his love for you. Realize that his mercies are new every morning. Realize that he holds you in the palm of his hand. Realize that he can do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. Realize that he has an abundant life for you. And for me. Ephesians 5.1 Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Be imitators of God. Just, just seek it out in the word. 
He made it real plain when he sent Jesus. It's real easy, really, honestly. It's all right here. Be imitators of God. We are here to be replicas of Jesus. That's what we're here for. Do we, are we perfect? Are we perfect? Do we fall short? No, we're not perfect. Yes, we fall short. But remember, he's seeing us through the blood. And it's still, he still has the perfect vision for us. You see that? You don't make a mistake and he goes, oh, oh, wow, disaster. I've changed my complete vision about you now. You've disappointed me. You've failed me. No, if you want to behave that way, let's just get your rear end, I mean, your, get your, your head out of where it doesn't belong and look to the light. Because that's not the way he thinks about you. You know, you are going to get to heaven after this life is over. And you know what you're going to hear? That he was pleased. That he was pleased. There is no one. Christ is not in heaven trying to trip you up. Christ is not in heaven sitting and, and trying to remember every little thing that you did wrong so that he can tell you about it when you get there. My scripture says, he is for me. He is for me. So you see, I don't have to take the victim card here on this earth. I don't have to feel sorry for myself when I mess up here on this earth. I don't have to feel condemned when I mess up here on this earth. He sees me. What does the scripture say? It says, you, as a believer, you are accepted in the beloved. So if you think you've messed up God's vision because of the problems that you're causing as a disobedient child or whatever, or throwing your tantrums or wanting to do things your way, you see, he's ever forgiving. His mercies are new every morning. That's what it says. That's what the scripture says. And if you believe anything other than that, then you're listening to the devil. And he's got you right where he wants you, right under that thumb. And all you have to do is to get out from under the thumb is say, Father, I know you forgive me. Father, I know you forgive me. If there's something, if anyone in this room has something where you have not forgiven yourself, could you please do that now? Could you please say, Father, I bring it to the cross, I put it under the blood, and I know you forgive me. Now get up and walk in the vision that he has for you. Get up and believe what he has for you. Get up and walk in the ascended life. Get up and walk in the victorious life. Get up and walk in the forgiven life. Get up and walk in the Spirit. Back to Ephesians 5.1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved. Dearly loved. Dearly loved. Can you say that? Can you say, I am dearly loved. Period. I am dearly loved of my father. You do not disappoint your father. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than your disappointments in yourself. So, we truly are individuals on this earth, living from the spirit person out, not the carnal world in. We're not going to take that in. We're not going to live in the soulish realm. We are going to live big from the spirit of God in us outward. We are going to be dominators. We are the conquistadors. The spirit man, the image of God exploding from the inside of us out. 
to bring change into this world, to make history, to bring the vision of God here. To influence this realm, to influence this realm with the likeness, the dreams, the plans, the visions, the heart of God, the heart of God, the heart of God here on earth. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why you're the Christmas story. We are here to live in God's dominion. It was given to Adam and Eve, and they messed it up, but it has been repurchased for you. The scripture says, Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. What are you supposed to be fruitful? You are supposed to be fruitful in showing the very image of God here on earth. You are supposed to be fruitful in living in the heavenly realm here on earth. You are supposed to be fruitful in living out of the God spirit in you here on this earth. You are to replicate Jesus. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase. Make disciples. Fill the earth and subdue it. King James says, take dominion. Take dominion. It's yours. It's your position. You are a dominator in the spirit of God, through the spirit of God, because of the blood of Christ, in Christ Jesus. So, <laughs> you are a God visionary on this earth. Don't give up the vision. I don't care what's going on out there. You know what? Can, all, can we all, can we all stop getting caught up in the gnats? Can we just stop doing that? My spirit dominance through the Lord Jesus Christ, the image of God in me, does not depend on whether I wear a mask or don't wear a mask. Can you stop getting caught up in the carnalities of life? It's your loss. It is your loss. There are more important things for you to be doing. Now you do what you got to do for you, but leave people alone. Don't get entangled in the hostility. The devil wins when you get entangled in the hostility. You live your life in peace. Quit getting bogged down by the carnality of life. We're meant for better things. I'm going to tell you something. If you got busy about your father's business and started walking in the spirit realm, it wouldn't even be an issue. How's that make you feel? There would be no argument. If the church had taken its place long ago, there wouldn't be an argument today. So take your place now and start changing history. Start changing the future. Take dominion now over the arguments that are about to occur. When you hear the prophets and there's a negative prophecy, you know why that comes up to you? So that you can pray and change it. The prophets are given to us sometimes as warning. Get on your knees, so to speak. Enforce your dominant position in the spirit. and quit all these mindless arguments. The more time you spend doing that, the less time you're in the Spirit, in the presence of God. 
getting what he wants to get done. And by the way, we're supposed to do it all in love. You take part in something hateful, you got something coming. You need to correct yourself. We walk in love. We walk in truth and love. And that way we never give another person an opportunity to stumble on our behalf because of what we've done. You will never cause another to stumble that way, I guess is a better way of saying it. And that should always be foremost in your hearts and in your spirits. Jesus sacrificed a whole lot so that you could have this position that we're talking about today. So sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice something to take care of another human being. He did it for you. So, we're God visionaries. It's time not to be lukewarm anymore. It is time to take the land that God has already given us. It is time to enforce the heaven here on the earth. Ephesians 4.24 You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Everything he is, everything he is, everything he is, we were created to be. Everything he is, we were created to be. It's his vision of you. Ephesians 3.19 And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's to get out, out get rid of the head knowledge and know the love, know the presence, know the heart of God for us. The love, it is his very spirit. It is who he is. Love is who he is. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God by knowing his love, by knowing that we are the beloved, that by knowing that we are accepted in the beloved, that knowing we are the apple of his eye, that knowing that he is for us and not against us, that knowing that he holds us in the palm of his hands, knowing that his mercies are new every morning, knowing that his loving kindness is for us, knowing that we are adopted as sons and daughters. Do you know what adoption under the Old Testament meant? It meant that you had full rights to operate in everything that the Father had. So anyway, that's what the Lord put on my heart this week. <laughs> Do I have any Christ visionaries here? Good.